and we're back with another episode. I'm your boy Fonz. Uh, you might know me from podcasts such as Rap and Design or Movie Club. You might know me from records such as What's Up With That Bag. You might know me as the guy of many talents, the jack of all trades, the master of none. That's a lie. I am a master of a lot of things, but you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm back again, you know what I'm saying? Also, also, I'm the founder, creative director of the infamous, you know, for the win where dreams come true. Ask somebody about it. But uh, but yeah, no, um, we're back again. And I want to start off with a little preamble about a specific movie that I went and saw over the weekend called Barbarian. If you're a fan of movies in the pocket of like what Jordan Peele has done over the past few years or anything that's like in the A24 pocket. Um, if you're a fan of original ideas that are spinoffs of movies with certain archetypes, like, you know, like Stranger Things or uh, that's not even a really good reference because really it just uses the font of Stranger Things. But um, maybe movies like uh, just like your classic 80s slasher like or 80s 90s like slasher thriller movie that's what barbarian is um if you're a fan of that vibe go see that movie or if you can rent it go rent that movie but i promise you you're doing yourself an injustice if you really want to you know if you if you're a lover of good art and films you know what i'm saying great acting um the lead actress beautiful chef's kiss you know what i'm saying uh i mean that's neither here nor there but i'm telling you go see the fucking movie um what else uh yeah i mean like i like the movie's so good and so wild that i can't even describe any of the plot the trailer was cut in such a way that it it misleads you like no trailers ever done before. They did such a good job of it. Cause so many trailers in this era, they give you 75% of the movie. They make sure people know what they're going to spend their money on, but you go into this and you don't know what you're going to spend your money on. But if I can guide your purchase a little bit, just know that you won't waste your money. Your, your money's not going to go to waste. Uh, you're going to go down so many twists and turns literally and figuratively in this movie and uh and i think uh you're gonna fucking love it they did a really good job down to the ending down to the visuals down to the camera angles like it gives you everything it gives you it gives you your indie vibes it gives you your classic slasher thriller vibes um this movie is i I think one of the top one of the top movies of uh 2022 um and I think it's like one of those sleeper hits too. So I feel like it's right. I feel like it's right up there with Nope. And so, I mean, I don't know what will happen. I don't know what the end of the year is going to look like. Most likely this movie won't get brought up by uh, too many, you know, like, I don't know, like the fucking award systems, the Oscars or the Emmys or whatever the fuck. But just know amongst, amongst those that know that, they didn't miss. Go see Barbarian. 
All right, this is not a paid ad. Moving on. All right, moving on. Let's see what else I had lined up. Um, yeah. So I guess like a little update on myself on Fonz. What 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 has Fonz been up to? Been reformatting for the win. If you go to forthewin.com right now, um, been rebranding the whole thing behind the scenes, kind of just like brand new colorway, brand new mission statement, um, figuring out the client flow when somebody hits the website. It's bigger than just like you know, like, oh, you want to, you want to purchase a project. Like now you're learning about really what I'm like offering to the world. And I'm expanding the offer beyond just your basic brand identity, you know? So like, just to give you a little insight into what exactly is going on, you know, brand identity is, it's a fun thing to do, you know? And it, it makes the money that it makes when you price it the right way. Um, you get to do something that really makes a stamp for the person running said business. And, you know, it's, you know, that business can become iconic and go on to win um, best restaurant in St. Louis. I'll wait. Shout out to Endo. Um, you know, you can, you can go and leave that mark on the city. But at the end of the day, logo projects only come to you to, in, in order to, make a logo for somebody, they have to really need the logo. And I can't go around offending people when their logos suck. And I'm like, Hey, you need a new logo project. Also, it's like when you start looking at things like that, business owners don't look at a logo necessarily as something that will 10 X their revenue, even though it can. And kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to convince somebody that, if they rebrand themselves that something can really, it can really like spark something in their customer base. They can actually reposition their business um, to have a higher markup. You know, they can increase, you know, their margins, you know, you know, it's a million, a million things can happen. Um, I do in the future plan on creating some type of client journey in order to like go out and find logo projects on that level. But I'm now at a point where I'm getting a little more strategic in what I'm offering. So I'm now pushing into the lane of brand strategy where, uh, you know, I'm not going to give away the sauce, but, you know, just know I'm moving more into brand strategy. And it's pretty much a world where I'm combining brand identity, but also uh, I'm, I'm helping I'm helping business owners see the data, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing more like uh data driven branding work and creative strategy work. Um, so people can see the numbers, they can see results and measure what exactly is happening, which is better for them. And it's better for me and better for my bottom line. And, um, that's how I'm moving now. Um, bada boom, bada bing, you know? So yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a different way of moving, just in general from what for the has done in the past. And it's something I've been chipping away at a lot. That's why I kind of been just like off the grid, not really uh, posting too much on Instagram or TikTok, just because like, you know, it's uh, I just, I just imagine everything that I'm doing um, to be bigger than what it was in the past. You know, I, I never want to be too stagnant and comfortable like with, with, with what I got. Cause I could easily just like, you know, sit back and just and just kind of like 
reap the reward of what I of what I've like achieved so far, which isn't really much. Like I'm not even out here. I'm not even gonna brag like I like I like achieved something because, you know, obviously you guys don't know exactly everything that goes on in my life, and I don't know what's going on in your life. But you can always end up at square one if you slip up, especially being black in America and trying to be an entrepreneur. You know, it's not fucking easy. And my grind has never been easy. I'm always like, and this kind of the reason why I have like this almost uh, like survivor mentality to how I approach being an entrepreneur. And I have like all these fail safes up um, in the, in the form of always adjusting and kind of, and trying to get ahead of the curb every time. And that might just be flat out being an entrepreneur, but also like I'm just keeping like those fail safes in place because uh, I don't want to slip up and lose and I always kind of want to like show and prove and also I aspire to like build a community of like-minded people and also kind of like inspire people that also want to do the same thing so this is kind of my way of also leading by example which you know like as far as as far as I can see there's only a few people like within the realm in the lane that I'm in that are doing it like this. You know what I mean? So I'm going to just leave it at that. So that's, that's pretty much what I've been up to as far as like reformatting, uh, you know, for the win goes and for the win in general, getting organized with shit. Um, and for real, just like envisioning my escape, you know, my escape from the world of the nine to five and, uh, trying my best to become unhirable, uh, I don't, I don't know how many people really think about that much, but, you know, becoming unhirable is, that should be everybody's goal, I think. I mean, that's kind of like, I mean, it shouldn't be everybody's goal because we need employees and there's nothing wrong with being an employee. I really think it comes down to who you are as a person. Like if you're a true practitioner, you really can't work for anybody else. Like, like, I mean, I mean, the list goes on. Like, like when I look around at like my network of like, people that I know, you know what I mean? From like the, like the homies in the rest of their own restaurants and shit. You know what I mean? Nick, Steven over at Minyuru, shouts to Minyuru. We're going to have him on the podcast soon. You know what I'm saying? Dude's making noodles from scratch. Go check them out. You know what I mean? Broth from scratch. How you really supposed to do it? No packets. Come on. No packeted seasoning. What you think this is? You know, from from scratch, everything. So go check that out. But that's exactly what I'm talking about when you're a practitioner. Like when you really know how you want to do something and you're particular about what you do, you're passionate about what you do and you're multifaceted because it's like, like, I mean, like Mania Rue might just be the first step, you know what I'm saying, for what he wants to achieve. And I'm sure it is. And the same for Nick with like Endo, you know what I mean? In the next restaurant, Sato, like those are just like stepping stones for the win just a stepping stone. I don't even want to tell y'all what I got in store next. Cause y'all be like, ah, he, he not going to pull that off. Fine's not. Nah, this dude can't even release music on time. So it's like, <laughs> now nah, I'm talking shit, but like you get what I'm saying though. Like it's, if you're a practitioner, if you really want to be that detailed and really grind through the mud, then entrepreneurship is for you. Otherwise there's nothing wrong with not doing that. Cause it's not easy. You know what I'm saying? You lose sleep and you shouldn't, you shouldn't go through life aspiring to achieve something so hefty for so long. Like I've been making music alone since like 2007 and, uh, that shifted, you know, making music is like 
making music always exists actually in the forefront in some type of form, but now the energy just, it, it's, it's turned into, uh, what I use now to run for the win. So that's just to give you some like perspective inside of like my brain. Like it, it like shit never changes. It's just like, like the next thing might be like, I don't, I don't even want to, you know what I'm saying? I don't even want to like throw any dumb shit out there, but like the energy always stays in the forefront and it's kind of hard to turn off. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like with Michael Jordan, how they say he's like, you know, like to him, like being a competitor is just what's in his blood as a person. Like that's just who he is. And it was the same thing with Kobe and it was the same thing with LeBron. And it's the same thing with everybody that's around me. You know what I mean? That's an entrepreneur that's grinding. And it's like, we can't turn it off. And it like, it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time, but it's it's just how shit goes. So I don't know. I'm kind of just rambling, but that's a little bit of the, the preamble of uh, what's been going on behind the scenes. And I kind of want to, I'm, I'm trying to do my best at like keeping you guys updated. Um, I'll be honest, like as the recession starts to creep in, save money, be safe, be smart about like what you're doing because trust me, shit is, uh, shit's about to be different out here possibly. Um, there was a video that came out, you know, and not to get too political, there was a video that came out. Um, I think it was like the... I forget the guy's name, but pretty much he, he, he runs like the economics for like the country, you know what I mean? And he was like, I don't know if he was saying he anticipates it or it's what's going to happen, but pretty much there's going to be a 1.3 million jobs cut. And we're, and if you pay attention to the news, you can slowly start to see that happen. Tesla cut 20%, Snapchat cut uh, 40% um, of their employees. Um, more and more tech companies are letting go, letting go of employees and downsizing. So when you get on LinkedIn now and you try to apply for that job that's in your niche because you want to switch up jobs, you're going to notice 1,500 applicants, 600 applicants the first five hours that the job was posted. That's the competition right now. You know what I mean? Um, that doesn't mean that pivoting to go to be an entrepreneur is going to be easier. Um, that, I mean, it's a recession. Everybody's going to be trying to find a way to get it. There is money out there. People just won't plan on like people won't plan on spending it as easy as they did in the past. Hopefully that'll change. I'm not some economics major, but I'm kind of just, you know, I'm just pointing out, you know, like the, what can be going on out here, you know? And, and just know that, like, just know, you don't know what somebody else is going through. Um, with that said, and Always just keep your eyes open, be proactive, not reactive. And uh, yeah, so anyway, we're going to get into the regular kind of like topics for this episode, which is which is going to be mad interesting. I don't know where I'm going to take it yet. I got some notes, but I don't know where it might go. So pretty much over the last over the last two weeks, right? Kanye, Kanye leaves Gap, leave. Uh, he leaves. Uh, yeah, he leaves Gap. And let's see, did he leave Adidas? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he didn't. I'm pretty sure he stayed at Adidas. Uh, Kanye leaves Adidas. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. I should have did more of my research. I, I thought he just left Gap, but Kanye left Gap and Adidas, which is really interesting. So 
a lot of people, you know, probably saw Kanye going his uh going his uh rant on a few networks, you know what I mean? Did a couple podcasts and he was talking about why exactly he left his contracts when you know, they didn't think that he would. Now, Kanye's probably sitting in these rooms and these CEOs and execs that he actually posted on Instagram at one point, these people that are like, they're not old as dirt, but like, they're not people of the culture. They don't realize the significance of what Kanye West is. You know what I mean? And like, you can call me a fanboy, a stan, you can call me whatever, but they have no idea on what Kanye really is um, to the, you know, to the kids and to people that really grew up with him, you know, people that wear sneakers and listen to his music. And they felt probably, you know, this guy just, you know, off the hinges. Um, he's not data driven. He's not X, Y, Z, whatever. He didn't go to Harvard Business School. He didn't go to Stanford. He didn't go to MIT or blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Because that's how these type of people think, you know, these like uh, these executive kind of people. And that's, you know, Kanye's half exec, half, you know, Picasso, you know what I mean? If you will. And pretty much when he left the room, when he left these contracts on a table and their stock starts to dip, that says everything that you need to know about the wrath of Kanye, because stocks are. I mean, you can do all the algorithm, all the algorithmic bullshit you want to pre- like to predict where a stock might go, you know, and but you can never you can never predict um, somebody's cultural pool, like pool and what they're doing, you know, if that makes sense. And so pretty much where I'm going with this is, let me see, um, you know, Kanye leaves and I feel like Kanye never really. I guess because it wouldn't really make sense for him to go this direction, but he goes on uh, Good Morning America and he says, you know, Sway did have the answers. And if everybody knows like anything, if you've seen the interviews, which I'm pretty sure everybody has, but it was Jesus era, Kanye, when he was on his uh, WWE shit, rock star shit, all black, you know what I'm saying, leather, beating up fucking paparazzi in the streets. He goes on... Um, he goes on the radio show with, uh, he goes on Sway in the morning or something like that. And him and Sway get into it about manufacturing clothes and shoes. And Kanye goes, you don't know shit. I gave you your first TV. Uh, you don't have to answer Sway. You don't have to answer Sway. He's yelling at the top of his lungs. You know what I'm saying? Sway is in disbelief at this. You know what I'm saying? Because he's like, because Sway's a pretty laid back dude. Disbelief that Kanye's yelling at him, right? But I feel like even then that this topic didn't get uh, touched on. And it's the fact that, you know, just so you know, like in my nine to five, which uh, I mean, I guess I'll kind of talk about it now. I work in the marketing department of kind of like a construction workwear company. Not going to say specific, but uh, based here in St. Louis. And what I've learned so far about the manufacturing process is there's a few levels to it. You have, you have the CEO who makes all the, makes all the calls, makes all the decisions, um, they get through like nothing, no decision gets made without the CEO's approval pretty much. And from there, there's a trickle down effect. There's a research and design department. There is a, um, there's a development department, 
which is uh, production, and that kind of sits in the middle of the whole warehouse. Then there's a shipping department, and there's a marketing department, which is like tucked away in the shadows as me and my my boss above me. Um, and then there's also there's also like a like a cutting department slash kind of like they do all the other like prep work to fabrics and ordering of fabrics and um, maintaining fabrics and stuff like that. They pretty much get everything ready to go through, uh, through into development. So, you know, from, but it all starts, it all starts with uh, marketing uh, research and design and product managers, all of us having a meeting weekly. It all starts with us uh, sitting around, showcasing um product ideas that might have been made or kind of like r and d and we kind of just sit around and we shoot holes in what's cool what works and what doesn't honestly it's never what's cool it's actually what works and what doesn't and i can tell you for a fact at yeezy if you've ever seen any documentary where kanye's been kind of just like showing you around his warehouse or his uh his studio um you're walking through the same type of system. It's a research and design, a development system, you know, a development area, cutting marketing, which is Kanye and the CEO, which is Kanye. Um, Kanye probably most of the, any department where you do a lot of thinking related things, that's probably Kanye. A lot of the more uh, admin related stuff, as far as like, you know, doing like the e-com and whatnot, that's probably getting sent up to Adidas. Now, you're probably wondering, but how does this connect to Kanye leaving Adidas and leaving Gap? Well, Gap and Adidas kind of split off and they have their own issues that relate back to Kanye. But the reason why Adidas is um, got dropped by Kanye was because, let's say Kanye makes a Yeezy slide concept. Um, he makes five of these concepts over the course of a month. He sends these concepts to Adidas up to the, you know, to his guy, his his rep that he has because, you know, Yeezy's just a partnership of Adidas. He sends his sneakers to his rep. His rep takes it to a meeting or Kanye takes it to the meeting with the rep and the upper heads, you know what I'm saying, the execs, and they kind of talk about the sneakers and, you know, obviously they're gung-ho about whatever Kanye wants to, re- wants to release. But when Kanye leaves the room and he leaves the demos and takes, uh, he leaves the demos and he leaves the official sneaker to be released. doesn't matter what it is. The demos get treated as if they're leftover scraps. And Adidas sees this as an opportunity to stretch, um, to stretch kind of like concepts that Kanye didn't approve of because their designers aren't as good as what, Kanye has put together over in over in uh Calabasas, right? So Kanye's going, he, he has his whole team, and Adidas is like their designers are suffering to like, keep up with that, you know, what they're doing in Calabasas. And so Adidas, like, oh, let's just like let's just like uh close the gap and kind of no pun intended, and let's just release these easy slides that Kanye would never release. So now you have a market full of Yeezy concepts that got put out straight into the market ended up on StockX at some point. You know what I mean? Look just like the Yeezy, which kills the um, the uniqueness and the and like the market value 
well, it potentially kills the market value of the Yeezy because there's something out that looks just like the Yeezy. And on top of that, it was something that Kanye created. So on top of so on top of Adidas taking 100% revenue from this product that they didn't conceptualize or R&D or anything, Kanye's not even getting a cut of it. And it looks just like his sneaker. Now, the reason this is a problem is because when you look back at the history of, I guess you can call this like, a, it's not really an influencer collab, but like if you look at the Jordan, which was another like celeb celebrity made shoe, if you if you want to just put it like that, right? The, like none of the Jordans got replicated in Nike. Now, the reason for that is, is because we know how Kanye operates. Kanye operates as a CEO. It's Kanye's word, and that's the last word. Michael Jordan signed a sneaker deal that eventually, um, he signed he signed a sneaker deal, but Jordan was his company. So you know, obviously, over time, it turned him into a billionaire for obvious reasons. That's what sneaker uh, that's what sneakers do. But Kanye, uh, Kanye's really hands on, so he's not gonna have any like fail safes around him to tell people like, now nah, it's not going to go down like that when he's not in the room. You know, when Kanye leaves the Adidas offices, it's just Kanye leaving the Adidas offices, maybe one other person with Jordan. Jordan was on the court practicing. He was playing games. He, he had to keep up his regimen. You know what I mean? Who knows what was happening, but that had to be the case because it had to be the case that Jordan had fail safes in place to speak on his behalf in favor of him because there aren't any, there's no uh, cement threes out there under Nike. There's no like replicas of the cement three under Nike, you know? Um, This could be partially due to the fact that that was a different era where sneakers, music and movies were all original where um, if you look at everything now from the movies, music and sneakers, Everything is primarily data-driven. That's why they make so many remakes of movies. That's why so many artists sound the same. And that's why sneakers look the same. Because they look at the data, they see what works, and they're going to put out the exact same thing slightly di- that looks slightly different and it's slightly changed or sounds slightly different. And that's the problem with art right now. But that's the reason why Kanye left Adidas. Because... Kanye stands for making original art, making something that's different. And um, it sucks that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it doesn't affect me and it doesn't affect anybody else. But what Kanye did was important. And he kind of, you know, he really stood for something when he when he left those uh, corporations, because like like if he didn't, they would have they would have killed art. Art. Original art is on the way out if people uh, continue to operate like this. Um, and I mean, it's been going on forever. You can see this nuance in neighborhoods, suburban houses. They all look the same. You know what I mean? Um, if you look at skyscrapers now, if you look at condominiums, they all look the same. They're flat, uh, monotone color, muted, muted colors. Um, everything looks the same. Um, everything in this technology era looks the same. So it's super important that, you know, artists kind of speak up and they step away from, you know, letting everything kind of fall into the wrong hands. And yeah, that's, that's kind of where I stand on that. And I feel like I've been just like rambling. I've been in this, like this fucking tunnel vision zone trying to connect the dots of this and whatnot. But I hope that makes sense. 
And that's exactly why, you know, Kanye had to get out of there. Now, moving on to Gap. Why did Kanye leave Gap? Well, ironically, Gap believes in the classism gap. No pun intended, you know? Um, Gap believes in not closing the gap. Kanye wanted to make clothes that were more affordable to the average consumer. Now, the bad part about this idea was, you know, Kanye said for years that he's wanted to, that he, that he's wanted to, you know, make Yeezy more affordable for people. You know, he's, he said he wanted to make, he didn't want Yeezy to be, you know, as expensive as like Dior or, you know, Chanel or Louis V. He wanted it to be more like a pack son. You know what I'm saying? He wanted it to be, but he, but he wanted to hit a certain level that people would appreciate at the same time. Like, in my opinion, I feel like, I feel like people still rock, you know, H&M because, you know, as, as fast fashion as H&M is, you know, they still put out some, they put out some uh, limited edition pieces. You know what I mean? They, they put out stuff that they never go back and make again. And I feel like that's what Kanye was going for. Kanye wanted to be the new level of like the new, like H&M pretty much. Um, Gap didn't believe in, making what Kanye was making affordable because they were looking at his name in perpetuity to high prices. They, they, they saw Yeezy and they were like, nah, Yeezy has to be expensive. It has to be at least, you know what I mean? 200, $300, you know, per item average. Kanye wanted to probably sit within that, uh, $40 range. Um, and that's kind of where the problem, you know, started to exist. Uh, I don't know where I heard it, but, you know, somebody did say that, like, Gap Gap is the reason for classism. If you look at, um, you can see it on the bottom of their website. Gap owns Banana Republic, Old Navy, um, so on and so forth. They own all these fast fashion brands. And fast fashion brands, they're ran by people that really, they look at business on a on a four-square quadrant, you know. And this quadrant can go from, it can go from cheap to expensive, and it can go from um, uh, not cool to cool. And, you know, Gap kind of wants to sit um, high on the cool meter and they want to sit moderately expensive. You know, Banana Republic wants to sit moderately expensive and not that cool because they relate to old people. You know what I mean? So that's how these fast fashion brands work. And Yeezy wanted to sit really cool, but cheap. And we all know that can't work. And what's another industry that you see where that can't work? Um, consumer cars, right? If you look at the fucking Honda, you know, the Honda, they make some cool looking Hondas now, in my opinion, but they never make a Honda too cool and too affordable. You know, like the CR, like the CRW or X, I think, I don't know if that's the right one, but they have like a, they have a sports car that like they just released like in the really like past couple of years, you know, and, um, and, and, and this fucking car is, I'm pretty sure it's like about, you know, 40, 50,000, um, or no, it might be, it might be like 30, but pretty much they never make nice looking cars too affordable because then people that are poor would be able to afford it. Therefore people would run to get that car and you would see mainly that car on the road or they feel like they would lose money and other companies that they own stakes, other car companies they own stake in. You know what I mean? So maybe Honda has stake in Kia, which is why they'll make Kia cars look nicer, but therefore, but they're still exp- more expensive. You know what I mean? So it's a fucking endless cycle of fucking with consumers. 
and playing off the idea of classism and, you know, and the, and the, and the wealth gap, you know, and that's pretty much what Kanye is fighting for. He's fighting for good art. He's fighting, uh, he's fighting for originality and he's fighting to close the consumerism gap and close the classism gap. Now he did go on a podcast and kind of talk about, you know, what he wanted to do to change the world. And the biggest problem with the, 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 like, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not really going against Kanye right here, but it's a flawed way of thinking to think that you can change the world through capitalism. Cause at the same time you just get lost in it. You know, like we all believed in, um, we all believed in what Obama could bring to the table. And this isn't even a political, this isn't even a political opinion. We all believed in what Obama could bring to the table, but Obama didn't change the world in those four years. Unfortunately, there's still a tons of bad shit that happened after Obama got out of office, you know, um, same thing, you know, for like, you know, MLK, you know what I mean? MLK changed the world, but he didn't change everything. He didn't. He didn't stop a bunch of things from happening, but he he was able to change a little bit. Um, I mean, I think Kanye will be able to change things. Um, I don't think that him becoming president is part of that is part of that plan is is part of the, you know, the, you know, his journey. But if he wants to try and attempt, you know, what I'm saying that's cool. Personally, I'm not voting for Kanye to be president. I don't think it's necessary. You know, um, I think that's like a, that's a, that's a leap, you know, I, and, and like, and it's not even because I don't think he'd be a good president. Well, yeah, I don't think he'd be a good president. I think it's something that's like, we need somebody that's been focused on wanting to change the world through politics, um, like their whole life, you know what I mean? But not, I don't know. I, you know, honestly, let me backtrack. You, you really can't call it, but if you, th- I just don't think Kanye is the right choice for to be a president. I don't. That's me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's a. I don't know if that's the right way. You know, um, I'm not gonna really have like a strong opinion on it, but that's where I'm at with it. But I believe in everything else Kanye does and stands for. You know, um, and there we have it. This is this is like really just a Kanye episode. Um, if you're not a Kanye fan, you're probably fucking uh, really annoyed with everything I'm saying, but. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much kind of like, to me, that's like the, that's the secret layer to everything that's happened Kanye wise over the last couple weeks. I feel like a lot of times Kanye, he'll go on these media, you know, these media tours, you know what I mean? Doing all these interviews and podcasts. And he kind of misses the fact that people want to know exactly what the problem is just in like straight up kind of like just words in English, you know, not too heady, not too philosophical because I feel like Kanye will give a million and one reasons why we should get behind his ideas and what he stands for. But I feel like we always lose Kanye and what the point he's really trying to get across, you know what I mean? And he's been trying to get this point across since 2013 when he introduced the fact that he was looking to get into manufacturing, right? And he finally gets into manufacturing in a real way within the last two or three years. And then, 
honestly, it's like further back than that. I want to say the last six or seven years, he finally gets, gets into manufacturing and then he makes a big departure on it recently. Um, and now he's looking to do his own manufacturing. And actually, there's one more point I want to talk about. So he goes on um, this podcast. Uh, it's like this mindfulness podcast. And he's talking to this guy that has like a like a a mindfulness like yoga brand or something like that, where they make all the shirts and clothes that are really high quality. Kanye's like really impressed with the guy's stuff. And they, uh, they sit and talk and he's like, um, you know, he's, he's explaining how he made like, you know, apparently the guy makes everything and, and Kanye's realizing like, Oh, like it's actually possible to do stuff. Um, from scratch on your own without relying on companies like Adidas and Gap to do it. Um, the difference is when you start to dabble in that game as somebody who's currently in the world of manufacturing on the inside and gets to see the inner workings of it, um, you do come across different issues than Adidas would. You start to come across supply chain issues with sourcing fabrics and when everything's made in America, you start to come across issues where you have to rely on small towns um, primarily uh, for production workers because people in major cities feel like that work is is below them. That's that's the cultural mentality now. Um, people see anything that's labor intensive as below them. Um, I was just talking to a friend of mine. His name's Manny. I might get him on the podcast soon. We were talking about you know, he was telling me, you know, like, you know, he, he was like, you know, people do, he was like, he used to see the fact that people, uh, treated him like he was just like a regular construction worker, even though he owns a roofing company now, because like most people see a Mexican and think, oh, he must be in construction or something. If he's wearing a, a highlighter orange shirt and he's like, nah, I'm the owner. You know what I mean? I own this company and these are actually my guys that like work for my company. And it's nothing. It's and it's just because somebody does labor intensive work doesn't mean they're cheap labor, and it doesn't mean they're not smart or intelligent, you know. And but like that's the culture, that's like the mindset here in America now. So I think Kanye might have put himself in a rough spot to think that he can go and um, now just like you know hire hire production workers in America and do American manufacturing. On top of that, I mean. On some real shit, this is going to sound crazy, but working at this manufacturing company that I was working at, you start to see different walks of life and you start to interact with different walks of life. And everybody that I worked with at the company I met, they're super, uh, they're super nice people. But the, uh, the problem I, so the problem I came across was, um, the CEO of my job, they started going off and like trying to like scout for new warehouses to put in smaller towns right and these smaller towns are like cool cool yeah like that we'd love that some of them are like they kind of get rubbed the wrong way but it brings jobs into communities where you know people are starting to leave because they want to be near better and bigger opportunities so um you know he brings in he'll, let's say he brings in a warehouse um and gets people working in there. Well, before any of that happens, they operate on something called a gentleman's agreement. And naturally the gentleman's agreement comes from the era of 
Jim Crow where the KKK really started getting active and the KKK operated primarily on the gentleman's agreement. And so a lot of these towns operate on gentlemen's agreement because the KKK is still alive and out there. Um, I actually stopped traveling to these small towns while working at this company because they had went to a company on a gentleman's agreement and got word by somebody. I don't know who that the KKK existed in in this town and that it probably wasn't safe for me to travel through it. Um, if you're familiar with the, I, it's not an idea. If you're familiar with sundown towns in America, it's uh sundown towns are where, you know, black people aren't allowed in until noon or, and they're not uh, allowed in the town after sundown. Um, and that's kind of just like, it's a really old, like kind of like Jim Crow thing. It's starting to get phased out as, um, people's, um, cultural, you know, DNA gets kind of like people kind of like push that thinking out of their, you know, out of their towns. Um, it's something that still exists even in states like Illinois and, you know, Southern Missouri and shit, anything below like the Mason Dixon line, if you're familiar with that. Um, I say all of this to say that Kanye, I don't think he's considered things on that level because he was, uh, you know, he, cause he wants to do what he wants to do so bad. Now he might be able to manufacture outside of the country. Um, that's not, obviously that's not up to me. Um, but you know, it's just something to throw out. I mean, like, I, this will probably never get to Kanye, but this is like my experience when it comes to manu- like to manufacturing, you know, to manufacturer things related. I, I'm not even speaking English. This is, um, my experience when it comes to things that are like in the manufacturing world. And, um, you know, it's it's just, it's just really interesting. Like, I think people didn't really think they, I think people really didn't understand what Kanye was really saying when he was rapping on records like new slaves, when he was rapping about, um, you know, uh, like get drinking the clean water versus, you know, like the bad water, you know, and drinking um and like wanting to buy nice things and like just go listen to new slaves and kind of like think about the idea of uh you know small towns in America and Jim Crow era which was everything that Kanye was rapping about on Yeezus think about all the things related to you know discrimination and prejudice within the fashion industry and think about what Kanye was talking about. It's all connected in a really, really weird way. And the fact that like, I've been able to experience it on a real scale, just like what Kanye has been experiencing is like, I feel like it just puts me in a different, like I'm just in a different pocket than a lot of people right now. Um, as far as that, cause, cause that shit, like it, it it starts to affect you when you want to like play a part in it and you realize how much, uh, you realize how many hurdles there are to kind of like hop in this world. Like, I feel like, I feel like we've already hopped the, we've already hopped the hurdles of, uh, entertainment. You know what I mean? We've hopped the hurdles of, of athletics, but we have yet to hop the hurdles of, uh, of the business world, of the fashion world, of the design world. Um, a lot of people don't take me like a serious designer yet. 
And when you Google famous graphic designers, none of them are black. So I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of things to like, you know, there's a lot of things to hurdle in this life still. And it's really good that, you know, it's really good that we inspire other people to like diversify their thinking and like, you know, not look at it from the, through the lens of like, Oh, I can get famous in this other thing. Cause it's not about the fame, you know, it's about, it's about breaking down like barriers to let other people um, through the door and diversify this world that we live in and get past uh, all the stupid shit that we deal with. Cause next, like the big thing, the new emerging um, monster in the world is classism. And it's evident that that's a, you know, that's the case as, you know, as we start to go through what we go through with our, with our own government here in America. And um, it, it's all connected and it all plays a part. So I'm going to just leave it at that. Cause I mean, it, it gets real deep and hopefully I can like talk to, you know, a future guest about these ideas because I'm kind of just like, I'm bouncing ideas off myself and it feels like an echo chamber after a while, especially when you start to hit minute 40 on your own podcast of you just, just monologuing. So I'm going to leave it at that. But, um, but yeah, so I think that's the end of the podcast. If you, uh, if you're fucking with it, leave me a five-star review, uh, or review of your liking. You can hate on me if you want to, I don't care, but, uh, go ahead and, um, leave a review, share the podcast, tell a friend about it. If you're interested in, um, and maybe, uh, hopping on rapping design podcast, shoot me a message. Like I said, I'm not going to let everybody in, but if it makes sense, I definitely will consider getting you on the podcast. Um, yeah, if you're in need of design work for the win.com, go ahead and hit me in the contact form. I'll get back to you ASAP. And, uh, until next time, my name's Fonz. This is the rapping design podcast. And uh, I'll, I'll see you. Peace.